the Wonder, new Wonder Woman trailer and the new Mass Effect trailer are out, and I can't decide which one I'm more excited about. The one that will infinitely disappoint me or the other one that will almost definitely disappoint me. And welcome to Imagine Me and Utina, a Revolutionary Girl Utina podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with Josh. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty well. How do you feel about this episode that we're going to talk about today, Josh? I like it. It's the first part of a duology here at the beginning. I like when anime can carry over small arcs in an otherwise ongoing story because it's it's an interesting change of pace. And this one I actually really liked because it's very, I think it's very different from anything that Utina has done up to this point. With the whole, like, Rose dueling game thing. I am conflicted about this episode because I love this episode, but I also am really annoyed by this episode, and there's a specific part of the episode at which point I stop being annoyed and I begin to love the episode. And that moment is when Miki and Naname show up at Anthea and Utina's place for the study session. (laughs) and then it becomes one of my favorite episodes in this whole show because my favorite episodes are usually naname getting into some sort of hijinks that she does not understand and strange things happening to her for no reason and her being overly dramatic and it's so good (laughs) She is pretty ordained. I can't wait to do my impression of Naname later, and if we're lucky, I might be able to play the clip from the English dub of her talking about her plan involving snails and pencil boxes. What? That's part that's the other half of the episode. Remember there's the well we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I watched this like a week and a half ago. Shame on you. You should always rewatch the episode the day of. I know, I'm a bad person. That's what I do. This episode starts, uh, unlike previous episodes, we don't get the intro with Utena talking about her experience with the prince, and we start in the middle of a scene. I don't know when this scene takes place, because it does not take place before the events of the regular episode, but it also does not take place after. I'm very confused because there are things that are happening here that are contradicted in words that we talk about later in the episode. And this might have to do with later episodes in the arc that I just don't recall because the student council arc I remember the least. I guess I kind of assumed that it was sort of like happening that was happening in this arc, but you sort of like skipped it at the time because you've already seen it. I don't know. I just kind of rationalized things. Yeah, we were in the dueling ground and Miki and Utena were arguing about fighting for Anthe, but then we cut to Miki in a piano room and he's playing piano and Naname is talking to him about a performance he did for a party, but she doesn't understand why he dropped out of a competition that was supposed to be going on. As soon as we meet this guy, I just kind of like it. Of all the people on the student council and related to this whole vest, he just seems the least bad almost immediately. You are right about that. 
I like his little emo line where he's talking about the piano needing tuning, and then he just goes, maybe it's me who needs the tuning. I actually really liked that line. I know, but it's it's really cheesy. Yeah, it the line there a little bit with, is this cheap or not? But it's just this on this side of it enough to be okay. Miki says that he is playing a song and hoping that she will hear. And I'm going to have to put a spoiler here because I cannot talk about other events in the episode, or at least I can't complain about them, which is, of course, what I want to do, without sort of spoiling what's going on here. When he's talking about he wants to play the song and she will hear it, the she is his sister. The she is his sister. We see her in a flashback kind of later, but he is talking about his sister and he talks about this several times in the episode, but it's he's always talking about his sister. And I just feel like we have to emphasize that every time that he pretend like the way that he talks, it sounds like he's talking about like a girlfriend he had when he was a kid, mm-hmm. but he's talking about his sister. His sister is not a great person. We learn that later. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of that interpretation is just we expect it to be that way and how much of it is that he, the way he's actually talking about her. Yeah. I mean, Mickey and his sister have a weird relationship that is never explicitly stated but implied and they have a lot of i don't know they just have a very close relationship and they need some boundaries that seems to be the theme of literally this entire anime honestly you're not wrong you're not wrong Naname in this scene seems like she has a crush on Mickey, which is weird because she has never expressed having a crush on Mickey before. And she says, this song sounds exactly how you feel inside. And I don't understand how she knows how he feels inside. (laughs) She has flipped through his music book and she found a picture of Anthe and is now jealous because she thinks that he's in love with Anthe. And he kind of thinks he's in love with Anthe, I think. Maybe. I don't know. This episode is really confusing to me for a lot of this. I think she also might be more enamored with the idea of him as the piano player. more than. Yeah, I feel like she might have some misplaced affection because she's dealing with her weird feelings for Toga. There's something kind of romantic and whimsical slash magical about, you know, the quiet, thoughtful musician playing piano thing. I mean, there's something appealing about that. Oh, no. Believe me, as a person who has dated several musicians, I can attest there is something appealing about the cute, sad boy playing piano soulfully <laughs> to himself in an empty room. Uh, I think I think I kind of think it's mostly that. Wakaba has gotten a bad grade on a test, and she wishes she could mostly get 99s on tests. And Utena tells her, you have to cultivate a sense of logic for that, which is stone cold. Wakaba responds that her her mother told her that, let's see, I wrote down the quote, a real woman can push her logic onto any man. Delightful. Utsuna has revealed to Wakaba that she also made a bad grade on her test, and Wakaba tells her she needs to cultivate her own sense of logic. Anthe is walking, minding her own damn business, filling up a pitcher of water, and then suddenly... Is it who we think it is? Is it going to be? The Seonji Defense Squad... As always. ...is now the Miki Defense Squad for this episode. How many people are they defending? 
They're just beating the shit out of her for no reason. They slapped her across the face. They're accusing her of making him lose his self-confidence. We don't know what they're talking about. She says she didn't say anything, but they allege that she caused him to drop out of the conference or something that he was going to do. And Mickey shows up and he's got his stopwatch for some reason. He's a stopwatch boy. Why does he have that? I have no idea. But he asked, he tells Anthe that it seems like she got caught up in a misunderstanding about him. And she seems really appreciative that he is helping her. And Naname is eavesdropping because Naname is always eavesdropping. Well, he seems gen- pretty genuine about that. Like, I, yeah, Miki does not have impure intentions most of the time. Like, for, for char- there being a lot of characters in this show who are not often honest about what they are trying to do, Mickey is pretty harmless. Honestly, his interest in her has less to do with an, an idea of domination, unlike everyone else, basically, in that little cadre, and more to do with he appreciates her in what seems to be mostly an aesthetic sense. As a muse, though that's kind of cliche, but it's like that there's something about her which is inspiring to him in a purely artistic way. And not, I guess not well, purely artistic. she also, but... she reminds him of his sister yeah. because we'll see in a flashback she has like kind of curly hair like that. There he is. Jury, jury has come to confront him and he is grading Anthe's test, which jury thinks is odd because Mickey sort of keeps to himself most of the time. It's unusual for a boy like you who never gets close to others. Jury has kind of a monotone voice in the English dub, and it's really kind of weird. Like, you'll have to go listen to it at some point because, like, I don't know. She has kind of a weird accent that I don't really get. She kind of talks like this, like, all the time. Mickey has given Anthe her test back and is telling her she needs to pay attention from now on. Utena's bitching in the corner. Maybe I should get a genius boyfriend, too. His, his last name is Kaoru. No, Susu. We can't talk about Evangelion. This is not... As much as we want to. This is not Imagine Me and Shinji. And she immediately changes. Yeah, now Miki has revealed himself to be a member of the student council and Utena is pissed off. But Miki insists that he doesn't want to fight a duel to make her his bride, which is in stark contrast to in the beginning of the episode when they were dueling and he said that he needed to win her in the duel. But he says repeatedly in this conversation that he does not want to duel for her, which is why I'm so confused about the initial scene. Which makes me think, I wonder how much of that is less of a, he has no interest in her, more of a, I don't have interest in in, in weaning her, quote unquote, the way that the rest of them do. Because he actually has conversations with her and like treats her like a person. Whereas they are mostly about, obviously, I don't have to actually know Angie or talk to her. I can just, you know, fight someone and then win. And she's mine now. Yeah, I think I understand. So, like, he's not really interested in fighting about it. Usuna just revealed that she also failed the exam and she had a really great face there. Her face is going to be very great sometimes. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the fighting part of that sentence. He's not really interested in fighting over it because that would defeat the purpose. Yeah, Miki is more good. That was a very bad grammatical sentence, but he is much better than everyone else it's on okay. the student council. It's okay. We both resist the urge to make some joke about him being a lover, not a fighter already, so I think we're doing pretty good. Toga shows up with his glorious, glorious hair. Hey, look, it's Maximilian Pegasus. 
Red Maximilian Pegasus strikes again. He's complimenting Mickey on his playing and saying that Mickey's playing is getting better. And he's found his shining thing, which is something that they talk about. I guess like his inspiration in the dub, they definitely call it his shining thing. I also like the they return back to the, the handwritten score over and over again. That kind of reinforces yeah. the fact that his attachment to her, unlike the other two, where it's kind of like as something to dominate or something to have a, as a status symbol, he's very much, it's an aesthetic first that becomes something else, which is pr- pretty natural, honestly. Yeah, we saw a flashback where he's playing piano with somebody and they don't say it, but that is his sister. And then it fades to a picture of Anthe sort of demonstrating the similarities between his sister and Anthe. And Naname was eavesdropping as usual. Aiko and Biko doing their little skit. Do you know? Do you know? Have you heard the news? The first one to fall for me in middle school was the boy who was best in math. Oh, that's news to me. Was he here back then, too? You found out I like pro wrestling and my noodles with lots of garlic? Oh, no! Now I know what kind of girl you are, he said, and then he left me. Oh, dear lover. Oh, young man who dreams of love. The truth behind the girl. Do you really know what it is? Do you know? Do you know? Do you really know? They're amazing. I love them, and they barely ever make sense, but that one's one of my favorites. This is where, in my notes, I have written, finally we get to the good shit, because this is the good part of the episode, after Naname and Miki have turned up at Utena and Anthe's house to study, I guess. Oh, he's so shy about it. Utena asks if Naname is Miki's girlfriend, and he gets really embarrassed and steps back. And Naname gets kind of mad at first, but then pretends to be a pleasant person for sake of going into another person's house. They're sitting around the table, and apparently Miki had heard that this place was haunted, but it is not haunted, because Anthe keeps it clean every day. I mean, to be fair, the first room she walked in, I mean, reinforces that. It's pretty gross. Naname has devised another plan to embarrass Anthe for some reason. There it is. She has a snail. (laughs) She asks if she can borrow an eraser. And hold on, I'm going to pause the episode so that I can play the English audio for the scene that we are about to watch because it is so funny. Like It's the same as the words in the Japanese version, but I just feel like I feel like Naname's voice actress just really sells it. And so... a snail in her pencil box. Miss Himamiya, I've misjudged you. I'm so shocked. <laughs> the jig is up. Anthe is a great big weirdo. That's what will happen. I call it Operation Anthe's a weirdo who keeps a snail in her pencil box. Amazing. And that is why that is one of my favorite scenes. Amazing. The delivery is pretty great. I'd like to take a second, and I mentioned this on 
our Twitter account uh, a little while back, but I'll mention it on air. Shout out to Nozomi Entertainment, the company that distributes Utena for uploading all of the episodes of the Japanese dub of Utena onto YouTube for free to watch. These are not an illegal upload. These are from the company itself, so you don't have to feel bad Wait, when you're seriously? watching it. Yeah, this is all distributed by the actual company. And I think that that is stellar. Well, I can't use this anymore. It's not, <laughs> it's not fulfilling if I'm not doing it like when I'm not supposed to. <laughs> that is actually pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to Nozomi Entertainment for putting all the episodes on YouTube free to watch. They don't have all the dub episodes. They have the first two episodes of the dub. And apparently they have the dub version for episodes four. But it's not listed in with the other dubbed episodes. So I'm not really sure how many dubbed episodes they actually have because some of them seem to be uploaded without actually being in like the list but for the most part you can watch the entire show in Japanese with subtitles on YouTube for free which is how Josh and I have been doing this podcast but yeah so Naname is hysterical and she devises her plan Anthe Himemi is a weirdo who keeps snails in her pencil box and her plan is that she's going to put this snail in the pencil box and then everyone is going to see it and think Anthe's a weirdo who keeps snails in her pencil box. But as we're about to see, the plan backfires on her in a ridiculous way for no reason. Well, actually, I have my own suspicions as to what the reason is as to why all of this backfires, but it involves things that might be spoilers for later. So Naname is trying to borrow the eraser from the pencil box and she grabs her snail. But as she's about to put it in, she opens the pencil box and it's full of snails. It is inexplicably full of snails. Why does this occur? What does it mean? Anthe says, oh, that's where I keep my snails. And Utena tells her she told her not to keep them in there. And Miki says... I think it's cute. It's just like Miss Himemia to do that. No, it isn't at all. Oh my god, she names them with little French names. Yeah, she no, did give them all really names. cute names, which I do appreciate. They're little baby escargots. Anthe is about to be subject to Naname's second plan, which involves a snake. She has pulled a garter snake out of her bag, and there's a repeat of the beats from the previous sequence about, Miss Himemia, I've misjudged you. I'm so shocked. I'm trying to figure out why she thinks these plans are going to work so well. I have no idea. I don't know where any of Naname's plans come from or why they always involve animals for some reason. But here we go. Her plan is to expose Anthe Himemia as a weirdo who keeps a garter snake in her desk. She's going over to check the desk and she says, oh, I wish I had one like it. She opens the drawer and what's in it? A mongoose. The mongoose attacks the snake and freaks Naname out and she's upset because the mongoose is eating the snake it took her all night to catch. I love that she personally spent a whole night catching that snake. Yeah, I, I also like that she personally went out and caught her own snake. The mongoose basically swallowed it whole. Anthe says, we're studying now, so you'll have to come out later, Mr. Mongoose. They resume studying, but Naname has one more plan. She didn't want to use this one, but she's got no choice. An octopus. I like that Naname gets her own little yellow roses in her little spinny motif thing. Not a lot of characters get their own specific roses. I'm so disillusioned. This plan is 
Anthe Hememi is a weirdo who keeps an octopus in her closet. Okay, this one is at least slightly understandable. It would be weird to keep a octopus in your closet, I guess. I mean, that, that, that is definitely weirder than, like, snakes I can see. Well, a snake could just get in there by accident. Yeah. As could a snail, I guess. I love that she's, like, saying this out loud. Where did she get the octopus? She opens the door to the closet and is attacked by what appears to be a giant octopus. But, as we'll learn in a second, is actually just a balloon. Utena tells her it, it's dangerous to open that closet up. Why does she, okay, why does does she have an octopus? We're about to learn. It was the ad balloon from last year's festival, and Anthe felt bad for it when they were going to throw it away, so she Aww. kept it. That's that's adorable. Utena says, didn't you say you were sick of it and you wanted to get rid of it? But it has crushed Naname. I can't believe Naname's dead, you guys. They're still doing math, I guess. That's what it looks like they're doing, or at least according to the subtitles. But Anthe is just furiously scribbling in a notebook, and that balloon is just chilling behind Mickey. Well, that they just kept it out, like, why not? Oh yeah, okay, Anthe's been making a little flipbook over there. That was what she was doing. It's very cute. Um, excuse you, making flipbooks is the best thing to do when exams are on your way. I'm pretty sure that Anthe is laughing because she is responsible for all of Naname's plans going badly. But we don't know how that would be possible yet. Naname is in a fugue state right now. <laughs> Total defeat. She brought a bento for everybody, but Choo Choo has gotten into it and eaten all the food. And Naname is just so defeated. Another animal. Yes, actually. Yes, actually, this animal is also Anthe's friend. Anthe offers to make them something instead, and she makes them shaved ice, I guess, is what that is. It's lemon strawberry flavor. Naname is sulking. She's still upset that all of her plans went wrong. Choo-choo got a brain freeze. Anthe's trying to encourage Naname to eat her shaved ice, and Naname is sulking. Snails in her pencil box, a mongoose in her dresser drawer, a giant octopus balloon in her closet. Octopus is trying to strangle Choo-choo. That's horrifying. And now shaved ice for dinner? You're making me sick. I have a very delicate stomach. Aw, she's like legitimately sad. Anthe is so sad she doesn't understand why Naname's mad, even though I'm pretty sure it's her fault that all the plans went wrong. Naname has asked Miki to admit that he's in love with Anthe, and Anthe, so stressed out by all of this, has run off to go play a piano in an old abandoned room with Choo Choo. Which actually is kind of believable to me. Yeah. You know, I, I, have, I have gone off the sulk and play piano before. Even though I can't really play piano. I was going to ask if you could play piano, but I guess you can only kind of play piano. Yeah, I, I can I can pick They tunes. hear the piano music coming from down the hallway, so now they're going to follow it so that they can find Anthe where she's off sulking. She is playing the same song that Miki plays in the beginning of the episode, his special I was about Sunlight to ask Garden song. Same. Yeah. I was about to ask if it was yeah, the same. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the exact same. And Utena says that she didn't know that Anthe could play the piano. And Mickey is having the re- Mickey is actually now having the realization that the reason he was attached to Anthe was because, surprise, it's the same tone as his little sister's. He's referring to the song. Mm-hmm. Which I can see in sort of a creepy way, but I can also see in a like, you know, so a lot of times people are interested romantically or aesthetically in, in people that remind them of 
you know, stuff that made them happy as a kid. Yeah, no, and I get that. And I'm not... Um, it's really hard to tell which it is. I don't really take issue with Miki being attracted to Anthe because she reminds him of his sister. I take issue with later when we meet Miki's sister and she's a total... Well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But anyway, yeah, so... A weird episode. There's not really any dueling, so it's pretty. We're pretty light on the um, fantastical elements as well overall. In fact, honestly, you'd almost forget that those are a thing if you're watching this one, and this is the only one you've seen. I think that there are fantastic elements when it comes to all of Naname's plans getting disrupted. I think that yeah. Anthe is somehow magically doing it, and I don't know how or why. And I'm pretty sure that there's no definitive answer on this, because there are rarely definitive answers on things that happen in this show. But I'm pretty sure that it is partially Anthe's doing. Now, j- just to follow that, you know, follow that down the whole rabbit hole, that actually really changes the scene and also how I understand Anthony in this episode. Because she seems pretty legitimate and wanting to be a good host, you know, taking care of her and just being polite and pleasant. And, like, there are times when I wonder to what extent, and this is true of the other ones, and I'm thinking about this just kind of reminds me, to what extent Anthony's nice, pleasant, occasion- occasionally extremely passive attitude is real and how much of it is just kind of playing a I think that that is sort of a question that will endure through the series because on the one hand, I do think that Anthe wanted to be a good host, but there is something darker in Anthe as can be expected from any character who is presented as being docile and pleasant for a majority of the time. And I feel like sometimes that darker element to her personality can manifest in ways that are not necessarily very friendly. But I don't know for certain. I really don't. I have I have zero actual textual evidence that this is Anthe's fault other than her little giggle fit after everything happens. That's mostly my only basis for thinking that she did it. Otherwise, I would just write it off as, oh, look at that weird thing that happened in Utena. That happens all the time. But I just, for some reason, I think that it might have been Anthe's doing in some way that all of that happened. Or at least that all of that happened the way that it did. I mean, it would be kind of amazing if she was. There's kind of that, I feel like to some degree, there's kind of a, uh, like sometimes we are... We look for whenever we encounter a character who seems like kind of quote unquote too good to be true. We just kind of like expect them to somehow not be. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, there's obviously something more going on there with her. Yeah, we do find out later that there is actually more going on with Anthe, and I was having some feels about that the other day while I was reading some Utena content on Tumblr. Because we have a Tumblr blog, it's imagineandutena.tumblr.com, and in between posting about episodes, I also just reblog Utena fan art, Utena content, Utena discussion type stuff. I try to avoid things that go too much into spoilers, unless it's like under a cut or something, but yeah, we have actual content over there, so you should go follow us on Tumblr if you're into seeing Revolutionary Girl Utena content. I should probably put that... I'm probably going to go ahead and put that on my own Patreon stuff. Yeah. Now I think about it. I'll send you all the links to all of our promo stuff. So I guess that wraps up this episode. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about? 
Um, not with this one. I think that it will, uh, we're probably going to have a lot more to talk about when we have the complete mini arc done. I think I'll probably have a lot to talk about. I initially time. wanted to get my girlfriend Jessica to come on this episode to talk about it because after we watched this episode for the first time we were constantly making references to Anthe Hamemi is a weirdo that keeps snails in her pencil box and I'm pretty sure that I have a recording somewhere of her doing an impression of that without having seen the episode in like over a year and if I can find it, I will append it here in the episode so that everyone can see it. <gasps> a snail? Auntie Himamiya is a weirdo who keeps snails in her pencil box. That's what will happen. I call it Operation Anthe's a weirdo who keeps snails in her pencil box. <laughs> but I had initially wanted her to come on and talk about this episode with it, be- it with us because it's one of our favorites for that section of the episode alone. But maybe next time there's a funny Naname episode, we can get Jessica on and... That would be delightful. That'll be delightful. She's a hoot. All right, well, if you want to talk to me outside of listening to this podcast, you can find me on Twitter at Impandanata, and you can find the Twitter account for the show at UtanaCast, and you can find us on Tumblr at imaginemeandutana.tumblr.com, which I mentioned earlier. And we have an email address, which is imagine me and Yuzna at gmail.com if oh no I have one more thing that I wanted to say about this episode that I totally forgot so we can't end the episode yet say it in last week's episode which episode three I mentioned that so a lot of the concepts from Utena were recycled from a previous draft for a Sailor Moon movie I have more information about that okay so Ikuhara was the director for the anime for Sailor Moon R, S, Super S, and maybe stars, but definitely R, S, and Super S. And the Sailor Moon Super S movie was originally conceived as a sort of a spinoff that had the main characters as Uranus and Neptune, which makes a lot more sense when you consider what it became in terms of becoming Utena, because I can very clearly see the parallel between Sailor Uranus and Utena and Sailor Neptune and Anthe in that sort of way and I can see how ideas for a story involving these two characters could have been remade into something else which became Utena and I was very interested in that. I read that in an article called 15 Things You Didn't Know About Sailor Moon Turns out that article was a liar. It only had one thing I didn't know about Sailor Moon, which was that. But that's my piece of interesting information. I'm not going to repeat all of the social media stuff, but you can find us on the internet. Josh, do you want to promote anywhere that people can find you on the internet? As much as I regret having the Twitter handle, you can always contact me at um, C-Y-N-E-W-U-L-F, Brody, Kind of Wolf, Kind of Wolf, actually, and I will answer eventually. If I remember. You know you can change your Twitter handle. Can you really? No, I guess I might. Yeah, you can change your Twitter handle at any time. It's very easy. I will consider doing that. All right. Well, I guess then that does it for today. I'm going to sign off. Everybody go revolutionize the world, which is, we didn't get to hear that monologue in this episode. So many things were different. I know we didn't. That's actually kind of depressing. So many staples of Utena as a show were absent from this episode. We didn't have the intro. We didn't have any of the student 
council going up the elevator talking about their stupid bird bullshit and we didn't have any sword fighting or transformation sequences hey but we had the one thing that mattered the stopwatch the mystery continues (laughs) all right revolutionize the world everybody see you later